Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast Saturday night. There's many films that I could talk about. There's music that I could talk about. And on a Saturday night, that's what we would do. We would go to the movies. You know, you see like Terminator Dark Fate. I saw that. Eh, it was okay. It was good to see Arnold. It was good to see Linda Hamilton again. But eh, you know. There, there are so many movies that I've seen where, you know, the anticipation is there and then it just drops. So many. The last film that I saw in the theater a year ago was 1917, directed by Sam Mendes. Oh, my God, that movie visually. And, you know, people uh, were anticipating that it would win all these awards and Parasite won. Parasite is the one movie where I watched it once and that was it. Once was enough. It was shocking. It was bold. There's nothing like it. I mean, if you if you want to be stunned and you want to be shocked and you want to be cajole, you know, uh, just feel thrashed about, Parasite will do that, the movie. Because there's so much within that movie and then it just turns out turns into a free for all. You know, but it's about class systems and it's just about mm, respect, disrespect, disrepair, disregard, everything. So when I talk about these films, you know, I I am in my, in my mind a filmmaker. I've made like small films, but, you know, these are like small shorts and stuff. Nothing, you know, I'm I'm not a member of the Directors Guild of America. You know, I mean, I have ideas for films. They never come to fruition. So here we are, a podcast talking about film. I studied acting, you know, eh, it was okay. It was okay. It's fun to be someone else. But then at the same time, it's even funner to dive into the allegories of filmmaking and the uh, just just the. uh stylistic approaches to filmmaking because you know it is an art form the motion picture arts and sciences yeah what a, what a crazy world i mean you think of it this started out in 1896 and it's still going strong even throughout a, a national shutdown where you can't go to the theater and now you can stream the movies some for astronomical prices and then others you know everyone gathers the <coughs> gathers around the tv with some popcorn rather than going to the movie theater you know i think so many so many of us miss going to the movie theater you know um and then there are those who have a history of the movie theater my guest who talked about the devils george strombolopoulos worked at a movie theater was an usher um, I hope I got that right, George. Correct me, please, if it... Yeah. And talked a lot about films. And talked a lot about the films that he had seen. And the films that really shaped him. And The Devils was one of them. A lot of Ken Russell films. Ken Russell, very provocative. But that... You know, that's what we love. That's what... That's the beauty of film. You know, if that studio system had stayed... We would be watching these films on the black market. In fact, Nosferatu, Nosferatu, the vampire film, uh, Bram Stoker's widow went after the filmmakers that made that, F.W. Murnau. 
and that it was in circulation for years. People basically hid the film because they didn't want it to be destroyed. She had ordered it to be destroyed. I guess she won some kind of legal battle or something like that. And Nosferatu is a classic film, you know, one of the best. And then you cut all the way to The Devils in the 1970s, which is just madness. And that's why I talk about these films on the podcast. That's why I was so... I was so... uh, Honored to just be talking about it. Very rarely do I have guests on this show. You know, we've had Jason Almy from Shit Happens When You Party Naked. We've had Kitty, uh, who we would talk about films and we would talk about music. We had um, my friend from Austin, Texas, who doesn't really come on anymore. And then we had George, you know. And so very rarely do I have guests on. You know, of course, we had my friend Adam, who just celebrated his 40th birthday, you know. And and we're all here as a collective to talk about films, to talk about music, to talk about what these art pieces do for us. Because, you know, art... Art-wise, film was the dominant art of the 20th century. And it continues. And music. You know, it's all mixed in there. And you've got Andy Warhol putting this stamp on, you know, on things. I mean, this this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And next week, Oscar nominations. It's an industry thing. It's an industry thing. You know, it's all interconnected. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours with a nomination. Stuff like that. My goal is to finally sit down and watch the Billy Hol- the United States versus Billy Holiday, No Man Le- Nomad Land, which is also on Hulu. A lot of these films that are getting the buzz are all available for you to stream. And that's that's a pretty amazing thing in this era. Is that these films, we can stream them in our homes. And I, I know that with the vaccines, with the changing of the times, that it's only a matter of time before we go back to the movie theaters. You know, I need to stop saying that word, you know. <laughs> I, I, I heard that's a big no-no if you're on the radio. So I'm critiquing myself because I'm my own producer. I'm my own editor of this podcast. Very rarely do I edit it. Every now and then I have because there's a few burps or hiccups along the way. And so with this podcast, we talk about everything. We talk about films. We talk about music, how it makes us feel. Not so much if it was good, you know, the reviews. I think reviews... And, and, you know, no disrespect to Roger Ebert, who was probably one of the most famous of the 20th century, along with Gene Siskel, you know, the two thumbs up. But I feel that the movie audience themselves discover, discovers a film. We discover films. They make us feel a certain way, like the devils, like a clockwork orange, like one of my favorites, the dreamers. Directed by Bernardo Bertolucci, who I mean, this film is and it's a, it's all naked. It's naked. It's the beautiful human body, and sexuality and everything intertwined. You have these twins who act like Siamese twins who are not connected in any way except mentally. 
And that's the genius of Bernardo Bettolucci, who also did The Last Tango in Paris, The Last Emperor. You know, he could have called it The Last of the Dreamers, but he didn't. And it, and it dealt a lot about film history in itself. If you've ever watched The Dreamers, there are two versions. There's the R version, and then there's the NC-17. And all it really has to do with is, like, in terms of the nudity, which it's, hey, I have no problem with nudity. But also there is a cum shot. And yeah, I just said that on the podcast. There is a cum shot. And I think that's kind of where the NC-17 rolls in. You know, in terms of also there are sex scenes, you know, that look very realistic. Miss Evergreen, Miss Michael, Mr. Michael Pitt. Um, yeah. It's an amazing film. And so films like that really I gear toward I love the message you know because it's uh, it's art it's art you know oh god I said it again there are some films that need the nudity and then some don't do you get what I'm saying as I say that I think of that that photograph from Chinatown where Jack Nicholson's character is basically a private investigator and showing the gentleman all the escapades that his wife is up to and taking, including doggy style, (laughs) in the park. Yeah, in the 1930s. So movies, you think of the 1970s. The 1970s were the golden age of film, the second golden age, because the original golden age of film was the 1930s. And what happened was you have the haze code and you have everything changing and you have censorship. Censorship, which really is the death of everything. People try to tolerate censorship, but at the same time, it's a fuck, you know, fuck for all. And that's what it is. So as we continue to dive into these films of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, you know, we're just going to talk about them. We're going to love them. We're going to enjoy them. And we'll be back because I've got more to talk about. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Stay tuned. I'm back. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. It's Saturday night. What's a film that I'm going to watch tonight? Well, before I get into bed, probably, you know, something light. Nothing too heavy. So... Maybe a documentary. And that's the thing when I when I talk about these films. There are certain films I want to talk about that are really heavy. Really tough. You know? Yeah. Because with what I talk about... I mean, there are documentaries that are just not for the faint of heart. Bowling for Columbine has its funny moments. But there are moments in that fucking documentary that are you just want to get out of your 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 psyche you just do and then there are certain films that just i mean there there are films that i love in the in the heat of an, of the night is not a film that we want to watch all of the time it's just not one of those It's not a feel good. And Yeah. I mean it's Sydney Portier, it's uh 
Rod Steiger. I'll probably watch it again. Like Parasite. I don't think I'll ever watch Parasite again. And it's not that I didn't like it. It was such a shocking movie. It was such a cinematic. Uh, there are so many. There is, you know, Hitchcockian kind of stuff. Kubrick kind of stuff. Scorsese. Uh, even Guillermo del Toro. You know. <laughs> There's some gory, gory shit in Parasite. And in the title alone, I think with Parasite, people thought that it was, you know, about aliens. And it's like, no, if you want aliens, you know, Ridley Scott can do that for you. But Parasite, Parasite, I I could see why they called it that. If you watch the film, you learn why it's so brilliantly done. But yeah, there are certain movies. It, it would take a lot for me to watch, for instance, Doctor Sleep again. Doctor Sleep is such a good film, but it's such a shocking fucking film. It's such a... It's not just an escalator ride. There is some shit going on that makes your skin crumb. It, it, it makes your skin crawl. I literally jumped out of my seat watching Dr. Sleep. And that's why I talk about these films. You know, there's there's moments in these films that are really unsafe and unsettling. The Seventh Seal, which I just I revisited tonight in another episode, is kind of one of those films. There's so many unsettling things in The Seventh Seal. And yet I found myself wanting to watch it again. I remember watching it and not... And I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I, cinematically, I thought it was beautiful. How it was lit, how it was photographed. And that's the nerd in me, you know, of film and everything. And the characters and Max von Sydow and, and death and the squire that he traveled with. And then I remember thinking about it. I would be in bed and I would think about The Seventh Seal. The impact that it had on me. Because there are certain films you watch them and you don't like them at first. With The Seventh Seal I was so unsure of it. Because I thought, okay am I supposed to not like it? Am I supposed to like it? It's kind of like you're gonna either have sex with someone or you're gonna date them. And I've this has happened to me before. You're not sure. It feels good. It's like, okay, do I want to continue this? Is this worth it? Is this part of the journey? And that's what the seventh seal it was like that. It was like, okay, is this part of the journey? There, There is something drawing me to this movie. And it is not, this movie is not for the faint of heart, the seventh seal. Because it is an allegory. You know, there's there's people getting burned at the stake. There's, you know, plague and death and so much going on for the survival of, of the human race in this instance. And yet, the way Igmar, Igmar Bergman told it in such an iconic way that really blew the roof on everything. And as a filmmaker, realizing, whoa, that's what it's all about. The dance of life. 
the the beginning and the end and that's what the seventh seal really is is you're you you know we talk about like in when i talked about the devils and i talked with george about flying too close to the sun the seventh seal really is flying too close to the sun and you're getting burned are getting burned and and eventually it's gonna uh, engulf into flames and that's what happens and all of these images are met at a single moment in this in this uh, banquet of ideas and people and images and feelings and sensations that there is so much within the bounty of the seventh seal this allegory this moment the, the richness of the seventh seal I wish I could elaborate more on it in further podcasts I mean like I said the seventh seal changed in terms of my favorite you know we all have a list of those favorite films that we love you know and when you feel this or feel that and you just want to pull things from it like the Goonies or Anti-Mame or or Shawshank Redemption and the seventh seal it had all of that mystery and intrigue darkness um, survival beauty humor but at the same time this human condition within it so I am very I would recommend the seventh seal to anybody you know I, I think uh, the sad thing, though, is the subtitles. People, what I've noticed when they when I say there are subtitles, they groan, and you know I think they assume that the subtitles are only for film nerds, and that's not true. They just just think of the people in the other countries who are watching our films in English, and they have to have subtitles. So you know it's a, it's a, it's think of it, you know. I need to stop saying, you know, it's late. Talking about the seventh seal, and I mean, you know, it, it's it's an allegory. It's biblical on certain proportions of it. But I love it. I love the seventh seal. As I said, it is not for the faint of heart. I would, my friends and I that love heavy metal. The seventh seal is an escalator ride of heavy metal. There's no heavy metal music in it, but the image, the imagery is the stuff of heavy metal legend. That's what the seventh seal entails. It, 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 it flies too close to the sun. It is engulfed in story and image and feeling and vibe and hauntingness. And I am, I am, I am in awe of the seventh seal. And in and if I were to never watch another Igmar Bergman film, and I plan to watch more of them, but that film alone, you know how you eat something and you're full from the meal. That I have, I am full from the meal of, of Igmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. It is. It is. It can be revisited, and it is just awesome. And so that is me in film, you know, and, and further, you know, furthering what we talk about in film. So unpleasant dreams.